This week, the number one show on Netflix was Restless. Hey, Justin. Yes, Dave. Why are people watching this? I don't know, Dave. I honestly don't know, but let's figure it out. <laughs> okay, everybody. All right. <laughs> new configuration. Yeah, new configuration. Uh, welcome again. to the podcast. Uh, why are people watching this? Where we watch the number one show on Netflix and then ask and answer the question, why are people watching this? So we are your three hosts with no guests today. So the hosts are myself in studio and then two mm -hmm. Zoom friends. <laughs> Thank uh, you for calling us Zoom friends. That's very kind of you. That's yeah, so I, sweet, Justin. I don't need to be near you, Dave. I prefer this version of you. Two-dimensional. <laughs> can't smell you. Um, I am I am kind of two-dimensional, really. There's not a lot of depth to me. Yeah. So Dave and Ashley, we are separated for multiple reasons. Still pandemic reasons, but also weather reasons. So it's all over <laughs> Zoom today. Yes. Uh, we were, we were kept apart like, like Romeo and Juliet. I mean, one of us will die in the end. Or both. <laughs> all three. Um, I, wow. I didn't sign up for that. But anyway. That's not... Yeah. Uh... So a couple bits of house cleaning. Uh, we had I didn't I didn't tell you this yet. Ashley doesn't know about this, but we had a listener who left us a message, uh, which you can do through anchor.fm, a voice message, to comment on something we talked about in the last episode. Do you remember how I was ranting about the fact that there's a wall of pictures with all these red strings connecting them like, you know, when like crazy yes. people? And I'm oh like, you were, quite, you were quite upset about that. I'm upset about a lot of things that don't matter. And that was one of them. And I was just upset because I'm like, there's no way people actually do this in real life. There's no way. This is just a dumb trope. And we had a listener yeah. come mm -hmm. in with some, some pretty helpful uh, information. So I will play that for you now. Hi, Dave, Justin, and Ashley. I'm listening to your Inventing Anna episode right now and really enjoying it. Um, but I had to laugh because I just um, earlier in the day had heard Shonda Rhimes on a podcast talking about how she and the writers had several walls that they created with pictures and string um, sort of piecing together how they planned on telling the story. Um, and they did it just like was shown in the uh, episode. So I just wanted to send you this message and let you know that. And I'm really enjoying the show. Thanks. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Wow. So jo Georgina <laughs> is who that is. And she wrote in to say, like, Shonda Rhimes did this for real. These walls are real. Yeah. So we this could is not be thing. more wrong. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. I'm a hundred million percent wrong. I love being wrong. That's what science is about, right? So great. <laughs> You owe the world an apology about this whole string thing. I well, think. <laughs> I not only owe the world an apology, but I owe Shonda Rhimes an apology because okay. I thought she was doing a poor job of putting the wall in, but she was just representing her own life on screen. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the chaos of the writer's room brought to the screen. That's yes. great. So I apologize to Shonda. I apologize to the world. Uh, thank you, Georgina, for uh, that message. That was great. We would never have known. I honestly would have gone the rest of my life thinking these walls were crazy, and they are not. <laughs> and I think this is a good time to encourage other people. If you, if if we say some nonsense you don't agree with, leave us a message. Get because... in there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, I don't want people to contact us. Don't at us with all of the things that we said wrong because it's going to be a huge list. But if you have something fun and nice to contribute, that's also about us being wrong. Go for it. I want to hear that. Just be nice. Yeah. 
Don't matter. Yeah, let's just let's just start from a point of we're always wrong. So we don't need to yeah. hear any more about how that's we're always right. wrong. Yeah, just but if you have something nice to say, some kind of jovial comment, that's great. Yeah. Pop th- that in there. Pop that in there. Thank you for Georgina did a great job. I love it. Th- th- thank yeah. you for listening as well. Um, okay, so let's speaking of nonsense, let's get on <laughs> to this thing that we watched called Restless, which I've been unable to remember the title of this movie the entire time. I keep calling it different things. You're having a lot of difficulty with this. Yeah, and there's like 10 movies called Restless. So I hope yeah. we all watch the right one. Yeah. Fingers Justin, crossed. I mean, <laughs> Justin literally sent me the wrong synopsis for this movie. So I had about a three second panic where I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't watch that. Yeah. Well, I, watched the, I watched the wrong movie. Well, I'll tell this you. It's going to be an interesting podcast. Because I read that synopsis and it's about like this like Italian mafia kid. And so that's literally what I thought I was about to watch. And then on screen for this movie was a guy speaking French. And it took me two minutes to be like, is this, I thought he's supposed to be speaking Italian. Is this Italian? This Italian sounds just like French. Oh, I'm so bad at languages. I thought this was, you know, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's speaking French. And then I'm like, well, why is he speaking French? And I waited for an Italian mafia guy to show up. Never did. I was lost. Okay. Anyway. Yes. So I was confused. Dave, let's. What's what's the actual synopsis? Or read the real synopsis. Don't confuse other people. <laughs> okay, here's, here's the real synopsis. After going to extremes to cover up an accident, a corrupt cop's life spirals out of control when he starts receiving threats from a mysterious witness. Okay. So hmm. it's a when, like, I saw what you did last summer setup is what it is. Yeah, somebody saw what he did, and now he's in trouble. Okay, so let us... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, do we have a better synopsis to capture what we actually saw on screen, which I feel was not bad? Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis. Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis now. What do you have, Ashley? I actually have a decently long one this time around. All right. So here it is. Watch as French Vin Diesel slash MacGyver uses his ingenuity and whatever he can get his hands on to cover up a hit and run and his corrupt behavior as a cop. But wait, did you also want a Fast and Furious style chasing, a Bond-like villain, and a secret stash of cash to top it all off? Then this movie is for you. Okay, I like (laughs) it. Wow, that is freakish. That is so freakish because- Oh dear. (laughs) You want to hear mine? Yeah. I'm ready. French Vin Diesel is no. restless. <laughs> <laughs> Being a corrupt cop just got a lot harder now that an even more corrupt cop is trying to beat him up, blackmail, and kill him. Also, there is this dead body to get rid of, a neglected daughter to raise, and a sister always wondering when he is going to come home and parent his child. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not as much real cop stuff to do. So there's lots of time to cart a dead body around like an edgy French, less comical weekend at Bernie's. Oh, nice. <laughs> so French Vin Diesel is the, the yeah, title. Yeah, that's so weird. That's I so love weird. it. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Restless is the ludicrous story of a man repeatedly desecrating a corpse over the course of one hour and 36 minutes. It's the funniest thing I've seen in a while. Problem is, I don't think it's supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> so, wow. I- I'm asking this question in all earnestness. Was mm-hmm. this a comedy? 
I think it was a. I think in the French sense of comedy, this was a com. This was supposed to be comedic. Okay. Oh, Ashley, good take. I actually, you know what? I think I think Dave's hit the nail on the head here because it, to a North American sense of humor, this uh, this was probably not quite. But I think what they might have been going for was a sense of like macabre, see funny. black comedy. I, yeah, because I laughed so much all the way through it, and but if you listen to the reviews and, and read the synopses and all that, like I look, I don't. There's no mention of it supposed to, that it's supposed to be funny or that anyone laughed, and so then and then I'm like, something has gone wrong. But we'll talk about that more <laughs> later on. Okay, so so what's happening next? Well, let's talk about some things that were okay, I guess. This was okay. All right, let's lead off. Ashley, what was okay? All right, well, um, it was it was good timing. I was really enjoying the French. Uh, I feel like everything we've been watching lately has has been mind numbingly um, just not not good for utilizing your brain power. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. And it was good. It was really nice. I I do speak French, not you know mar- remarkably well, but I do speak it, so it was good. I was. Um, I was in. I was ready for this. I was. I, I was excited about that. So that was my number one. <laughs> oh, your number one again has nothing to do with the movie plot or no. acting, but just simply the fact that people were speaking. It's the fact French. that it was French. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. But French from France. Um, I'm so sorry to all of our listeners, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate a nice French accent from the motherland, and it was it was lovely. It was good to to practice. Okay, okay. You liked <laughs> motherland French. Um, anything else? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, well, I didn't. Okay. So I I thought it was really funny. Um, like you did as well, but, um, I, I really, you know, there's a couple moments that I, I liked about the story. So for example, in the very beginning, he actually, when he, you know, hits this guy when he, um, with his car, he does go to call 112, which is the French 911. So I thought that was, that was good. Like that was a nice, you know, he is a cop. He did have a moment (laughs) (laughs) where he was like, I'm going to call 911. And then of course, you know, the movie, you know, that, that doesn't make for a good movie. So, um, but I thought it was good that they included that instead of just immediately that he's this, terrible corrupt person that's just gonna drag this body into his car and blah 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 um yeah <laughs> that was good um i liked the over-the-top nature of this i loved um oh, the bad did you guy find some Morelli. of it not believable i'm wondering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a few things uh i did i really liked i liked how over the top this bad guy is like running around throwing axes into people's heads like <laughs> shooting them in the face with a bazooka or whatever it was (laughs) oh man it was great and i have to say that the for me the end the the roulette um the 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 final fight scene between these two guys um with the roulette with the gun and the i i found it very exciting and gripping i haven't watched an action movie in a really long time but it was fun i still think you might not have (laughs) <laughs> it might have been a comedy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So yes, I laughed a lot. There's a couple specific scenes that I laughed um, out loud, like the heavy metal ringtone um, in the <laughs> first. 
<laughs> how is that not comedic? I don't know. It was exactly. So funny. How could that... <laughs> So I think you're right, Justin and Dave. I think I think you've got it here where they were I mean, it is an action movie, but they were intentionally throwing in a couple of comedy curveballs. So I, I liked it. This was this was a lovely little break from reality. Okay, okay, I get that. I, I get it. Yeah. I'm on board with all that. Uh, Dave, <laughs> I do like that. Ashley's one big thing was that the guy showed like just a, a modicum of humanity by attempting to call nine one one, even though he's like that. That's essentially his job, and you know, <laughs> in the world as a policeman. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the only semi-redeemable thing he he did the entire movie, <laughs> and he failed. I, I think I think I would put this whole film under that category of this was okay. I guess. I mean, the whole thing it wasn't horrible, but it just was okay. I mean, there's nothing really new here that hasn't been done before. Yeah. Like a lot of tropes, a lot of like. Uh, you know, a lot of things you've seen before in this in this genre. Um, but but it was done all right. I mean, the acting, the guy didn't really stray much from uh, just looking like a panicked, tense guy. But when he was doing panic, tense guy, he did that really well. Like he he looked, you know, I, I was I bought into the fact that this guy was under a lot of stress and anxiety. Uh you know, the lighting was interesting. The whole thing was shot really dark, but then when they did facial shots that were really well lit hmm. so i think you know just to to, to accent this guy's uh you know stress acting whatever he was doing that you know they needed to show how stressed he was so they wanted to get the you know the little lines in his eyes oh, and his yeah. forehead his brow crinkled that sort of thing so good wrinkle um, acting yeah good vin diesel mimicking <laughs> yeah and i bought into the tension like the whole thing where he's in the funeral home and he's trying to like drag it i mean it was just oh, it was great it, it was totally absurd but i was i was kind of on the edge of my seat because i was like what is going on here like how is this gonna how is this possible how is he not gonna get caught and then anyway i was i was bought into that it was and, fun yeah and i liked i liked how he dealt with having no tools because I really I find myself a lot of times like I'm at home like you would think I would have a lot of tools because this is what I do for a living but generally all my tools are somewhere else so when I'm at home I'm like using a dime as a screwdriver to like change electrical sockets and you know using a butter knife for all kinds of things and I love the fact that he just kind of I, I was in the room with him looking around like how am I going to open this casket what does he got oh he's got a shoelace that's brilliant shoelace. You know? And then the shoe was a hammer. Like, who hasn't used their shoe as a hammer, right, at some point? So I like that because I was bought into that. I was kind of rooting for him, you know? I love uh, that part, the MacGyver stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I liked his look, the Thomas, the the lead guy. I, you know, I know we called him Vin Diesel before, but I liked, it. I liked his leather jacket. I liked his kind of curated detective look. I was like, this is something I should emulate. <laughs> oh no! Is this your midlife crisis? You're gonna you shave get a your blue head. Blue leather jacket. Yeah, I'll go down that road with you, Dave. I like the fact that they're, um, you know, in their like uh, armory room in the police station. They had these primed and ready explosives, and all they required was like one touch of a little key fob. I was like, that shows a lot of balls. Like you've got this whole bag of like high explosives and you're just like well just press this button and they'll go off i was like yes yeah, that's really that's really french like i could see that happening in a french police station i was like yeah that makes sense so 
Yeah, I don't know. So all, all in all, I think this was, you know, the acting was okay. The film was okay. Nothing was surprising. Um, it was it was mediocre at best, but it was okay. Okay. Oh, I have one. I have one other little um, moment that was made it feel like a comedy when he's when he's got the body in the trunk and he's trying to put the bag around and he can't <laughs> get it over the guy's face. <laughs> it was. It was so comical it was yeah. so hilarious uh, so yeah i yeah and him laughing when he realizes the guy is pretty much he was already dead with the two bullets in his like so there were a lot of comedic elements in this justin i think you hit the nail on the head yeah. there well here's uh, here's the two things i liked well <laughs> aside aside from the fact that i laughed all the way through it which is good i like to laugh yeah um i liked the young cop recruit lady she seemed compelling and I liked that the bad guy, like the corrupt bad guy, drug, whatever, narcotics guy, looked creepy. <laughs> that, that's it. So I guess we're that's done. That's all you like. Wow. That, wow. Is, that is, other than like all the things I'm going to complain about in a second are things that made me laugh. Therefore, they're grumbles and gripes, but they're also okay because they made me laugh. But I'll wow, just say that was... like for this movie, I wrote the word ludicrous a hundred <laughs> times in my notes a hundred times i'm like this is ludicrous like everything that happened i loved it so so let me just guess justin you are not a fan of the fast and furious enterprise are you <laughs> i'll can i tell you a secret yeah i've never seen one of those what in the sweet lord I, hell not a Holy single smokes. one i've not seen a single one i have a one. feeling they would not be up your alley i'm just getting that sense uh, <laughs> I, I i i do like the odd action movie although my wife likes them more than i do like i'm just not an action movie guy like the die hard was good and that's kind of where it began and ended for me <laughs> like wow. it's just not i'm just i have my my brother-in-law picks movies to watch based on the fact if there's a man with a gun on the front and a fire or something behind him. He's like, let's watch that. He couldn't be less <laughs> discerning as long as there's just shooting. And I'm, oh my God. for me, I'm like, oh, I don't need to see that. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. dear Lord. So that, that's it. That's all you have. That's literally that's all I have. Lot. Yeah. No joke. Okay. You got anything else, Ashley? Um, no, really. That I just, I just thought it was fun. I thought it was over the top and silly, but I did enjoy it. I actually thought the acting was was decent, and um, yeah, maybe the French is what threw me off here because I really, really enjoyed practicing and listening to French. So I, that might have, you know, colored things for me. <laughs> I ca I kind of have to agree with you a bit, Ashley. I think if this was an American film, it would have just oh, yeah. totally sucked. It You're kind right. of it just had that feel of well this is somewhat exotic because mm. it's it's a foreign I'm watching a foreign film I agree I agree that did make it watchable if this was just a, an American Yahoo police guy I'd be like oh this is insufferable but yep there's something yep. about the Frenchness that was more compelling yeah. yeah yeah all right just just because there was a little bit different uh, background too you're not listening you're not looking at you know the mean streets of Brooklyn or whatever you're looking <laughs> at some interesting backdrops so. Anyway, let's move on to some grumbling and griping. Come on and tell me what you don't like. I'm going to tell you what I don't like. Come on and hit me with your insides, grumbles and gripes. All right. Take it away, Justin. <laughs> Do you want me to just, why don't I just give you my list and then maybe that'll 
it'll it'll match up with some of yours. To begin yeah. with, the overarching ridiculousness is that every single person on the police force is corrupt. Not a single <laughs> the the one the trainee cop person was the one who was supposed to be the like the good one, but like in the final scene, she hands him a piece of very important evidence and is like, do what you want with this. That's less than 12 hours after she was made a cop. She's already well, corrupt. Well, less Justin, she was she was literally flushing wads of, of like counterfeit oh, money down oh, a toilet in the opening Which was scene. ludicrous. Is that the only way you could think to get... Dave, Dave, you're a man who was worked with plumbing, right? Like, yeah. it does not take much toilet paper to make it clog up in my house. A jam. You got get that. I was like, there is no way this is going to work. No. And then it worked. I was like, wow, that's no. amazing. No way. Okay. To your point, Ashley, of he called 112 right after hitting a yeah. person, right? Made sense. But then immediately he saw a cop car, which is what he was calling 112 to get, and then moved the body to hide it. And I'm like, I was like, what? What is this? Well, maybe he was just gonna call. He was gonna call one one two, and then he was gonna leave the scene. Oh. But at least there would have been an anonymous tip that okay. somebody had been hurt. That makes sense. Fine, great. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> in the beginning, I had no idea what was happening, and that's again because I was expecting an Italian mobster, and instead I got a French guy driving around in a BMW. <laughs> um, okay, at the police station. What the? F okay, at the police station, his friend there, Beardy Mc Sad Guy. Um, he. And I didn't know what was going on, but he opens a drawer in his office desk, and it's filled with <laughs> confiscated weapons, like deadly knives, <laughs> a bat. Like, is that in France? Is that where you store confiscated deadly weapons in your random desk drawer? That was ludicrous. Again, ludicrous. You're gonna hear that flushing. You're lucky them. he didn't have it. You're lucky he didn't have explosives in there, like a big bag of C4 or some dynamite or something. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the scene where they pull him over, the the whatever those guys were, the National Guard guys, and they're like, they're angry, and they fight. They start fighting because this, yes, this, yes. this man who may or may not be a police officer is attacking these military guys, get into yes. a fist fight, and then they're sprayed with pepper spray, <laughs> and then it cuts away, then it cuts back. And they, it's just over. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, sorry about that. See you later. Like, there was yes, no... Yes, I know. Yes. Okay. No. That was so... That was very frustrating. There was no... Res it's like they cut out a 20-minute plot point. Like, it, no, how did you... How did you decide... How did he leave? He should have yeah. been shot in the head if... if you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> anyway. can, I, can I ask a cultural question? Okay. I mean, I, I've been to, you know, Paris very briefly, you know, in backpacking days, but... Maybe the, the fist fights just randomly break out in odd places in France, and then people just ignore them. Like, because one happened in the police station, like when the uh, yeah the, the head honcho yeah. mean guy comes in and just beats the shit out of yeah. this guy. <laughs> yeah, nobody's for no reason. No, and then, well, those guys then, are armed then, with automatic weapons. That's the thing about France. Like, if you've been there, like there's like walking around at every train station, everyone's got like an MP5 or team. whatever, right? And so, like, yeah. I don't find that there should be much punching of military people in France. <laughs> I I can speak to this. I did live in France for a year, um, and I, it, I I don't remember there being any fist fights. Um, <laughs> a lot of yelling. They are lovers, not fighters. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they're. It's more like they're yellers, not fighters. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> there's always there's a lot of confrontations, but. 
they just in I, I saw a lot of people getting into arguments, but never a fist fight. Never. But fist maybe fight. I just wasn't in the right. I've seen fist place. fights in in like Germanic speaking countries. I feel like that's more normal. So for a French audience, this would play the same as it did to us. Then, is this is like a little out of place that there would just be like random, like this guy's solution to everything is just to get in a fist fight with somebody. So it's probably it's probably over the top in the same way that the Fast and Furious franchise is over the top. Like it's these things wouldn't wouldn't happen. So Ashley, (laughs) I have a question for you because you're French. You've been in France. Um, I don't know if have you been to a funeral in France. I have not. Okay. I have not, but I have seen them. Okay. Okay. Is this closing of the casket thing where you put the 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 lid on the casket and then you nail it down really slowly with giant <laughs> nails? Is that how in France they deal with bodies? Because that <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the casket, but I will say that the wake when they're following the hearse and they're all walking, um, that I've seen before. That, sure. That's interesting to me because we don't do that in Canada. But no, I don't no. I don't know about like, the body I've, in the casket. I've been, to, <laughs> I've been to funerals in other countries in Europe, and I absolutely do not recall slowly <laughs> nailing the coffin shut like it's a vampire in a dramatic... Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like a thing that happens anymore. And but, yet, but it seems ju- very strange. Justin, the... the, the Assistant did have like a special box with, that he kept his like his his casket nail hammer in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm assuming it must be a thing because he's carrying around this like t- special tool in a special box. So yeah, I think it must oh. be a thing. There's a moment um, I I have a huge grumble about this particular scene. Um, he shows up finally to to do this thing with his sister, and she's out in the lobby because the kid is out in the lobby and she's there with him and he goes into this room and there's these three men and they're just standing there in front of his mother's body and i'm just thinking to myself in the scene how long how long have they been there just standing there waiting for well you missed a very important scene before that which is the one i had to pause the movie for because i was laughing too much (laughs) which is the, the sister goes up to him and says, mom wants to be buried with this. And then pulls out this ludicrously oversized, like four foot cross. It must have, and hands it to him. Like it was so that big. Was Where was that hanging in their house? Where That's did it come? Did she steal it from a church? Where is this cross? It's so oversized. And later on, oh of course, gosh. it becomes a oh vital instrument for grabbing, helping to grab the little oh toy gosh. that's dragging the dead body rope. And I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> it, everything so this the whole setup to this the guy stuffing the dead body into the air ducts and pulling Ridiculous. it through. The, where did he get the balloon? Where are the balloons? <laughs> Sorry, I, where did he come the, from? I was so upset. Like, is there a balloon vendor just outside of the funeral home and or hospital? Like, what? <laughs> He looked like an insane like clown coming in with these balloons. Oh, it's the gosh. it's the middle of the night. Who's where's the balloon vendor at the funeral at two o'clock in the morning? Honestly, oh my god. Oh wait, god. wait, we missed. We gotta back up a little bit because I I just wanted to I wanted to comment on um Jay, uh, Dave and Justin. Dave, I mean, you do work in construction, so I think potentially of all of us, you might be the person that this would this would check out with. But um. Do either of you carry a giant bag large enough to fit a body and a crazy amount of rope in your vehicles? Like, is that something I have enough rope for sure. 
Okay. Uh, and I do have tarps that get thrown in the back. I think I could dispose of a body, Dave. Yeah, I have enough tools of dismemberment that I would probably be able to dismember a body. And I do have so many old coats and jackets and things Excellent. in the back of my car that I, I'm pretty good in that department. I think every middle-aged white dude pretty much has the equipment to become a serial killer. Yeah, like, that's, that's just, why just rolling murder. around, at least just one rolling murder. around in their trunk, just, just rolling around yeah. loose. So good. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I just, I, you know, this is the, yeah, it's a fairly big plot point there that he's just got all this material to, to wrap this to wrap body up. But okay, we know that that is entirely possible. Exactly. Great. Thanks. Um, uh, <laughs> while, while we're asking questions of Dave, Dave, tell me about the child actor. <laughs> Well, I think she was practically invisible in this. I don't know. There was a couple of scenes with her. I think they were just trying to play up, oh, how cute and innocent she was. But I don't think, I, I, totally immemorable to yeah, me. Yeah, she I didn't have much remember. to do. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, well, I'm sure, I'm sure she did really well if I'd even noticed that she was there. You have like child blindness. <laughs> like, Dave, have you ever been driving and felt a bump and were like, what is that? And then looked at the news tomorrow and, like, you saw that there's a child that had been killed on your road. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even realize I had children until they were teenagers. And I'm like, who Who are these people in my home? How did they get here? I've been feeding this dog at the uh, kitchen table for 12 years. I don't... Oh, my God. Oh, um, my God. Okay. So many things to complain about. I know. I'll keep going. Um, the, the C4 that you mentioned before, like that there's C4 just out on a table at that weapons department. <laughs> and then the the guy is like, oh, it's C4. And then he breaks into an impossibly ludicrous monologue about how to set off C4 randomly. It couldn't have been more of a, like it was obviously expositionally needed. So we knew what would happen in the end of the movie, yeah. which is they blow. And I'm like, I've never seen less subtle foreshadowing and exposition <laughs> in my entire life. It was complete. <laughs> the, 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 the aunt, the sister, there's a whole scene where she's like, I had a vision of a man lying next to mother. Wait, I want to, to talk mother. about that later when we get to the uh, okay. scenes that, yeah. Okay, I'll skip that because that was insane. Um, <laughs> at one point when he's speaking, the, the, the bad guy tries to run him over in the parking garage and he kind of gets semi-stuck <laughs> under the bumper and they try and make a big deal out of it by showing the foot pressing the accelerator. Vroom, vroom. And the guy's like, oh, but it looked like he was just trapped under a coat and was like struggling to get out. Like it didn't seem convincing at all. And I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard at that scene. And then the funniest part is that he doesn't, he can't chase him because the other guy blocks his car. Yeah. And he calls me, he's like, dude, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, on. let's talk about the toilet suffocation scene. So he's shoving his head in a toilet while giving a monologue about uh, brachycardia or whatever. Like, I don't Apnea. know what he, he's going on and on about medis, medical information to a man while drowning him. And it's just, and then he, he pulls him out and then he puts him back in and continues the conversation. He's like, well, your heart is slowing and I believe the blood flow to your prefrontal cortex is probably blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's that's playing into the thing that Ashley was saying. He had to be like a Bond type villain, you know. So yes. he had to have he had to have some kind of crazy ass monologue, like while yeah. he's talking, you know. Yeah. To make him scary enough that it's believable that this, you know, this cop would go along with his shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, he's not just corrupt. He's an actual sociopath. sociopath he's crazy. Yeah. This guy is nuts. So this. Oh. Move oh yeah. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to I wanted to back up slightly to a scene um, earlier, like earlier when the internal police come uh, for their investigation. 
I love how that gets explained away with just one quote, like one line later where it's the bad guy has stopped that whole thing. But what I loved about this scene was that they had this big thing about how all this horrible stuff was going on. There was so much corruption. And they, the, the big the big reveal moment was that it was about a giant amount of marijuana. Oh, <laughs> was, was it? Like, Oh, well, that marijuana! Because that's gonna get you. They also they they they're bad at drugs in this movie. Because later on, they're like, oh, like he distilled the drugs down into this into liquid that they gave at the, the what? And they didn't mention what kind of drugs. And they just showed no. these like angry skeleton bottles filled with distilled drugs that the kids were drinking at the party. Yeah. I'm like, was this written just by like... an 85 year old Mormon? What the hell is happening here? So yeah, that, lo- that looked like highly unscientific, the way they were just distilling it and just pouring it in random quantities into yeah. these bottles. Like, wouldn't this just yeah. be a recipe for overdose on every bottle, basically? It, it couldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. There's so much of this movie is about stuffing people into things. <laughs> like, if you think about it, like, he's like he stuffs the dead guy into a bag, then he stuffs the dead guy into his mom's coffin Right? He's stuffing a guy into a dryer. That oh. scene was ridiculous. He's stuffing a guy's head into a toilet. He's stuffing the dead guy back into another car. Ooh. Stuffing him in a trunk. C4? Stuffing C4 into the body? Yes. Oh, yes. There's so much stuffing of things into other things, and it's usually and bodies. Then, don't forget the unstuffing, like where he's digging around in the guy's body to pull right. out. Wouldn't... He, fought, he, he locates like a tiny thumb drive somewhere yeah. in this guy's internal organs, and, like but, first go. But he didn't even put on a glove. Like, <laughs> like he just started rooting around in this guy's abdomen. He's been in there for 24 hours. He would have been bloated and gangrenous and whatever. Oh. And his hand came out like clean. I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, okay. My this is just, the scene I think I actually laughed the hardest at <laughs> was when he when he pulls up to the shipyard with his beardy friend, and he gets yeah. out of the car, and <laughs> and he's walking away. And we're like, we all know the beardy friend is about to get. I'm like, his car is gonna blow no. up. His car is gonna go blow up. It's gonna blow up. Yeah. We're just watching it blow up. And then this enormous <laughs> container drops on it like a wily e. coyote contraption hitting the Roadrunner. <laughs> And it was Bond so- villain, Justin Bond villain. I laughed so yeah. hard because I did. I thought I, was- I actually was really upset in that moment. No, I laughed I really, so hard. I was, I was so invested in that guy, you in that not. friend. He's gonna I die totally from the moment was. you saw him. No, I actually I- wrote down in that moment. I wrote, "This fucking sucks." I was so invested in this, in this dude. <laughs> I hate this. You can't be serious. That's- that's so funny because when that happened, I was like, we play this improv game called New Choice. And what I was imagining was going to happen was, oh, yeah, there's a sniper and it's going to shoot this guy, right? Oh, in the car. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, that's a great choice. What a great choice. Yeah. Like a, a sea can falling on the car. Who would have thought of that? Right? <laughs> Who would have thought of that? It was ludicrous. I loved and- it so much. But I was, I, you guys are heartless. I was genuinely <laughs> crushed when this guy got smushed. That was so sad. You, his whole was so character sad. was set up to die. Like as soon as you no. saw he had a good friend, I'm like, well, he's going to die. Oh, oh yeah. He, he was the only somewhat redeemable character in this whole thing. So you knew he had to die for sure. Okay. <sighs> another question. So in the final confrontation scene, which itself was ludicrous, um, where the, the guy blows up, he's, he presses the button and blows up the body, but for some reason there's like a five foot inch 
or five inch steel <laughs> partition between the back of this guy's trunk and the front of the car for no reason. Yeah. No, the reason. Um, I I know the reason, Justin. What? They needed the driver to survive so that the violence could continue. Well, and yes. the only logical way well, for that to happen was to have a steel door. For from a filmmaking perspective, but from like who did this guy bring his car to the garage and be like, you know what I need in the back is a five inch steel plate. Just some- Armor plating. What yeah. do you have for armor plating for a Jeep Cherokee, yeah. 1987? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, did you just get that off Amazon? Like He probably kidnaps people regularly, so he needs some protection. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but then he backs up while on fire and slams into this guy's car and is just pushing him backwards. Now, I'm not a supercar dude, but there's two things I know. I think you need to be in neutral to be pushed that quickly, because otherwise he could just push the brake on or pull the e-brake. But he was like, yeah. oh, no, I'm being pushed. What do I do? What do I do? And he jumps out of his car. <laughs> or turn the steering wheel. Like, anything. Turn the steering wheel. Anything. anything. I feel like anything. I, I feel like if I had, if my car were ever to be slightly moved, like bumped by another car at a stop sign, like I wouldn't. My first reaction wouldn't be to jump out onto the ground and roll away. I'd be like, <laughs> pull the brake. Anyway, um, then you. So, Ashley, you like the scene where they're fighting over this one bullet in the gun. The roulette, yeah. I couldn't make heads or tails of that scene. I didn't understand, like, their fighting seemed completely stupid. Like, it was filmed from, like, the (laughs) chest up, and I think both of them had hurt their legs or something, so they couldn't be filmed. You couldn't see a real struggle. And then the gun went off, and they both looked shocked. Then they both fall into the water and are seemingly unconscious and dead, whereas a second ago they were just shocked-looking, and it just it didn't make any sense. It's like, are they both dead? Why are, why are they swimming? Because one of them is not dead. Why didn't he move? Why is he just like going limp in the water? Was he expecting like a shark attack? It was, and then it and then it just cuts to him being fine in the car, and then the movie's over. And it was the it was I've never seen less of a climax in an action scene than that particular scene. Oh, and one final thing. And again, it's like in the last moment of the scene, and I laughed so hard. He's standing, staring in the ocean for no reason. Um, <laughs> this is like years or months later. Who knows? And a cop car pulls up, and the uh, the cool recruit later steps out, and she says, I knew I would find you here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, is he standing there for like 12 hours a day staring at the ocean? Like, how did she know she would find him? They didn't say Maybe up... she tracked him. She tracked his phone. Oh, my God. That would be fun. <laughs> it just seems so stupid. Like, as if, like, that's all he does with his time. How did she know he was there? It didn't make sense. Anyway, I guess that's it. I don't want to go on and occupy all the time ranting. So does what do you guys have that you griped about? I have, I have two things I want to add to your list because that was pretty good. You had most of my stuff. Um, the one, the one that really I loved that I laughed out loud for was the, uh, he's, he's trying to get his car further damaged so that he can then get it repaired so that it's fixed. And his, his decision is to just like sit there and wait until the cops get out of the vehicle and then just be like, okay, it's time to ram a cop car. <laughs> I rewound that car, scene. A cop car, like good choice. New yeah, choice. But he gets choice. with it. I, I had to rewind that scene. Up. I didn't understand oh. what happened, so I had to watch that two or three times because I'm like, why would he do this? What's happened? <laughs> Was he in the cop car? What's no. The point? 
oh, in, bro- in broad daylight, you know, lots of people watching. You know, you could have just crashed it into a tree out on a dirt road somewhere. But... Anything, anything. Uh, I didn't have much, Justin. You had a pretty uh, expensive, expansive list there, but I was not sure how I was supposed to feel about this guy. Oh, like, okay. Because he has he no just... redeemable qualities? Is he just hopeless or is he a genius? Like some of his, the whole thing about dragging the body through the ducts and stuff. I was like, is he a genius or is he just an idiot? Cause it seemed like his, his, like his crime scene, you know, he didn't wear gloves or anything. There was fingerprints <laughs> all over all this stuff. So it could very easily be traced back to him. So he wasn't really good at policing that part of it. So, and also, yeah, like I didn't know, am I supposed to be on his side? Am I rooting for him to fail? Am I rooting for him to succeed? What, and if I'm rooting for him to succeed, does that make me an evil, bad person? Because yeah. I'm rooting for him to succeed in like covering up a hit and run and being as corrupt as possible. Yeah, well, it's, it's a legitimate question because like he's set up as kind of a bad guy. Like he's corrupt and he engages in a hit and run. So we don't like him. But they also try and make him likable because his mom is sick. That's why he was stealing money. Or like, you know, the guy he killed was actually a bad guy he hit with the car. But in the end, yeah. also, he had been killed by the other guy. So, like, we're supposed... I think he was supposed to be redeemable. But in the end, I don't... Like, he's a bad guy. Yeah. It and like and it, he yeah. should have been in jail. But instead, they gave him $500 trillion in the end of the movie. And it's all over. And I'm like, I, I don't know what lesson we are to learn from this. Well, that's his thing. Because it all wraps up with, yeah, him getting this corruption money. So much which... money. Which seems to be like crime oh. does pay. And crime he, pays, I guess. Crime pays. That's yeah. what we're trying to. And here's right. another irredeemable quality. He, uh, you know, he gives his he gives his payout to the widow of the of his best friend, and then he gets all this money. I mean, presumably, hopefully, he's sharing the wealth. I guess, but but it doesn't yeah, seem but, like he is. I, uh, I did. I was not rooting for him. I'll say that. No. I, I have another fistfight related question is so the scene sort of unfolds in the bathroom. He goes in with the, uh, the head honcho of corruption, uh, his boss's boss's boss. And they're discussing what comes next. And the boss is uh, just bring me this guy's body. And then for some odd reason, the guy just attacks him physically. I felt like they were in some sort of negotiation. I didn't know why this guy does like what he was going to do. He's going to beat the guy to death and like stuff him in a toilet and then drag him <laughs> through a air vent. Like what was his end game? Like just going to beat this guy up and this problem would go away. I was like, no, no. It seemed I, like, okay, this would be the time to try and negotiate your way out of this or like do some kind of actual thinking. But th- it just seemed like a weird place to put a fight I, scene. I feel like, yeah, every time they got in a locker room or near a toilet or like a laundromat, <laughs> everyone just lost their senses and just started committing violent acts. There's, <laughs> Something about plumbing that makes people crazy in this movie. I guess so. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, that's about it. I just think in the current environment we have right now of, like, just not trusting that police have our best interests in mind and more have their the best interests of, like, protecting their reputations. And it's, you know, It is true because, like, the narrative in the U.S. police like movies in Hollywood is that the police are good and they're there to help you kind of stuff or whatever. And maybe there's one or two bad cops. And, but in this, it was like, Oh no, the police are fundamentally corrupt. Every single one of them. And yeah. that's how we, that's how it is in France, I guess. And nobody, everyone's like, yep, <laughs> yeah. I guess that makes sense. Well, my only other thing was just, this is just like a, this isn't even really that relevant, but it was a bit of a sausage fest. Like there was really, all the women in this were just, kind of backdrops like his flaky sister was just there to yeah. be the flaky sister even the uh the cop the uh nail me or whatever the uh cop recruit, and training 
the cop in training, like she gets dragged into all this nonsense with them and she doesn't really have any agency of her own. No, I did. I did have high hopes for the internal affairs woman that came in at first. I thought, oh, she's going to reappear. No, but then they just kind of dropped her. And they just they they, brought that storyline in pretty strong and they it seemed like there was going to be some action. But no, it was all about the Bond villain. And they're very misogynistic toward all the women, including the boss Mm. lady, uh, because they're Mm -hmm. calling her names like the the internal affairs lady. Yeah. So but that seems also kind of French to me. Actually, does that sound right? Am I being wrong about this? Oh, gosh, I well, I don't want to generalize for an entire population of people, but I think um, I, I think that there is probably some work to be done in France on on. Uh, it's interesting because French women are some of the strongest and most independent and outspoken women I know. Yes, yes, but, absolutely. Um, they are the, the, I've, yeah. the, the French women who I've known are I, they do not take shit from anyone. And yet when they're absolutely making, not when they're making these yeah. movies, they're always these masculine gross kind of movies french action movies well, right interestingly though the women in this movie are like the women that that um that do show up are a good portrayal of, like i mean at least the the internal affairs cop and the you know um like you said dave she didn't really have the the cop and training she didn't really have any agency she didn't get to do anything but she did regularly comment on how fucking or sorry how silly and bad all of these men were and um and how they're just bad people <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah but you're right no it's it's not a good portrayal of, of french no french women are awesome and amazing and they should absolutely have more screen time in french movies is what my final here, thought here here <laughs> yeah so that's about all i had all right anyone else have anything no no that's all it. right what about a scene that didn't need to be in here this didn't need to be in there why oh why did they include this scene I'm going to mention a scene that I very much doubt anyone is going to mention but me. And it goes with my number one pet peeve, which is child endangerment. The scene Uh, where he stuffs his daughter into the car with his sister and drives him away to safety. And the the woman, the sister, the aunt, is holding the child in her lap who's asleep. (laughs) And then the car just takes off. They did not strap that child in at all. There is no... There's no seatbelt. There's no safety concerns. Just drove away with this kid in her arms. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, even in France, <laughs> they use seatbelts. Like, there's no way. And that's just, I was so upset. <laughs> like, seatbelt safety is so important to me. Like, the number one reason that children under 15 die is in car accidents. Like, it's the most risky oh. thing a child can do. And I'm like, I, I was just like, I was so, I just didn't want to see that. I'm very vulnerable, apparently, especially after. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you've just that. got a good eye for for watching out for the kids. So that's good. That's that's a great point. That was my scene. <laughs> Keeping the kitty safe. Yeah, I think my scene has already been brought up. So I'll just it's uh, the sister telling this guy about her psychic vision about a man lying next to her mother and how I was just like, what is the point what are we doing here yeah she, yeah it, it was so wildly why, why was that in there the actually the like why I, did they include it it didn't come back who knows like this was the strangest uh, maybe to give her more more screen time to uh, or to make her seem more wacky well and... show her put, putting the child in a safety seat with a seatbelt on <laughs> take 30 seconds to show so we should have swapped that out is what really should have happened there should have been no vision and there should have been putting yeah, on a seatbelt yeah. with her 
taking care of this kid. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Dave? I, I'm going to go back to the final scene where he opens the big locker and there's a bunch of cash in it because it just, the yeah. whole thing just felt empty at this point. It's like, what is going on here? Like, this guy just, just ran roughshod over all the rules and then he gets rewarded like hugely in the end. I thought it would be a better ending if he joined some kind of anti corruption squad, you know, and that he used his expertise as a corrupt cop to like chase down even more corrupt cops, you know, <laughs> like he could become part of Interpol and he'd be like the guy, like, when they, they get an ex-convict uh, or an ex-serial killer to come give them advice on how serial killers operate. You know what I mean? Like in Fast and Furious? <laughs> yeah, or he could get involved in some kind of like packaging scheme. Like he could be a packager and everything. Like he's really good at stuffing things. Like, <laughs> instead of like right. sending like a tiny cell phone and like a gigantic box, you'd get like this box of just crammed right yeah, full of stuff. Yeah. A stuffing <laughs> specialist. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. What about a scene you wish you were in? I wish I was in that scene. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, really freaking cool. I wish I was in that scene. Don't you? I. You got one. Yeah, actually? go, Justin. No, you go first. I uh, I wanted when they're having when they sit down, he comes into the laundromat and this guy and there's a solid 10 seconds where they're just awkwardly looking at each other and like attempting to start a convert like that. He looks over at the guy and the guy's like, no. And then he looks back. And so there's there's so much tension between these two. And, and in that moment, I just want to be sitting on a bench behind <laughs> them and just stick my head in the middle and go, hey, <laughs> like, I just want to I want to be in that tension it looked fun <laughs> yep okay yeah that was a it was an off-putting scene yep yeah it was <laughs> hilarious and weird i liked it <laughs> ah dave what well, do you got well i well i was looking into like how does corruption occur in police services and usually the corruption takes place because police services aren't compensated enough they're not paid enough so then they go to a more nefarious means to like top up their incomes, right? Yeah. In a lot of countries, they're uh, they're not they're paid really poorly. So I was like, well, maybe this is the root of this problem. Is this office they're in is so dreary and so like under, it's just underlit and it's kind of grimy. Like, so I wanted to be in a scene. Maybe we could all be in the scene together. Is we're like, <laughs> like the water cooler gang, you know? Like we're just hanging out there. We maybe go in and we kind of like queer eye this whole place and like add some nice yellow paint Colors. and some. Oh. Yeah, and there's like they walk in and there's like a there's a cappuccino machine and there's like a, a an array of plants. Yeah, this is plants. not the first time, Dave, you have envisioned coffee machines in police stations. I know, I know. I think this is the root of the problem. It's like that's why these <laughs> guys are so unhappy. Caffeine. I mean, their job is stressful. <laughs> They're dealing with horrible situations. Like at least come into a brightly lit, happy space. There's some music playing. We're over there cracking jokes at the water cooler. Hey, did you yeah. see that show last night? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's I yeah. You might be right, Dave. This is a solution to corruption and Poli yeah. in policing around the world. Greater yeah, colors and coffee machines. Yeah. Fre <laughs> fresh danishes. Like, this is France, for God's sakes. Think of the pastries mm. these guys could have. Think of know? the pastries. Yeah, where was all the delicious French food, yeah. man? Ugh. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I didn't I didn't know what to say. Like, first, the scene where the big sea can crushes the friend in the car, <laughs> I'd like to be in that just to watch it and laugh uh, in real life as opposed to watching on screen. Or I would like the uh, Roadrunner to show up and go like, beep, beep. <laughs> just after that happens because that'd be funny 
but I could see I could see you up in the crane going, "Oh my god, oops. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you yeah. accidentally did this." I just want to be part of that scene. But I think the scene I really want to be in is is 20 or 30 years from when this movie ends. Well, they need to add a scene where the daughter is in counseling with her father <laughs> explaining how messed up her life is because he didn't really care for her and like and he was the one who stole her little soldier and how oh. he's and how he's a corrupt psychopath who stuffs dead bodies into things like i feel like i feel like there's a lot of healing that has to happen because that relationship did not feel fleshed out to me she said nothing more <laughs> than i want daddy home and i want to be with you and stay with me and all he did was leave Yep. Oh, there you go. That, I just want to. I want to help them navigate this very complicated relationship. Yeah, because he he does love her, sort of. He's, Not that he expresses love is more it than much, words, but... Ashley. It's yeah. more than just words. It's <laughs> actions. <than words. laughs> okay. Right. Sorry. Enough of that. Enough of that. Um. So I'm... who's got some trivia? Yeah, I have zero. I, I have a little bit. <laughs> okay, I was no. confused. I, I was confused it. about this whole title because it didn't seem like it made any sense. Like, a good point. The, Wasn't like, memorable. Like, well, restless. It was like restless for us, and our interpretation of restless generally means like you're kind of fidgety. You know, you're a little bit. But I think this meant restless. So the actual the actual title was like sans repair. Oh like, no, rest. Yeah, which basically says without letting is like without letting up or there's no rest or there's no break, which is kind of how this was shot. Like it was like 24 or one of those shows where it's just constant, like one crisis to the next. Gosh, I think you're right. I think it's a bad translation. It is a bad translation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but it's actually, it's a remake of a Korean movie from 2014 called A Hard Day, which is a little bit better of a description (laughs) of what this guy's having. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this was also, the working title for this was uh, A Tombo Uver, which is like uh, an open tomb. Oh, my God. That's better. Because that was yeah. the best comedic part when he had to open up his mom's casket. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh... So there's lots of different names, but I think the name could have, yeah, they could have notched it up a bit on the translation. Especially because sure. other movies exist. Apparently this Mafia one that I didn't see, like, it, it, just like, Google, just Google movies and try not to give, don't, don't call your next action movie Die Hard. I feel like that's been taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hard day, a hard day, Die Hard, no yeah. rest. Yeah. The other, other thing I looked into, I did a whole like deep dive on corruption and police forces, but it just led to what you would expect. Like countries without a lot of money have a lot of corruption in their police force. Mm. So can anybody guess, I mean, and, and the metrics on this, are all over the map because a lot of them are based just on population uh, surveys, like how how corrupt do you feel your police force is? So it's not hugely scientific, but a lot of them, this country kind of came out on top. So can anyone guess what the least corrupt country would be for police forces? The Norway. Finland. Exactly. Finland, Ashley. Do you know why? I think it's because of their cool prison system where they rehabilitate prisoners instead of punishing them. Well, what it seems to come down to is countries that put a lot of money and resources in the hands of their police forces generally have Mm. a lot less corruption, which makes perfect sense. Because if you're in a police force in a position of power 
and things come across your desk that you can skim or you can manipulate to your favor. I mean, if you're getting well compensated, that's not as tempting as mm. it is if you're. Yep. If you're yep. Getting paid Good point. Pittance. So yeah, like mm-hmm. like countries that are the worst are like Nigeria and Haiti and Afghanistan and Kenya and mm. Mexico, where there's lots of temptation and not a lot of support. Pay. Yeah, mm. yeah, makes sense. It does. Yeah, so, strangely, though, France doesn't wasn't even on this list, but like you, the U.S. was like uh, number seventy eight, um, like a hundred being the least most least corrupt like Finland. So US was 78. Canada was like number 88. Uh, The the Netherlands came in at 95. So they're way up there too. Yeah. Yeah. The Dutch police are fun. Like they don't even carry weapons. They just sort of walk around and like wag their finger at you. Like cut it off. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. So would anybody recommend this to anyone? I don't. I don't know who I would be recommending this to. I guess you guys, because you liked it. But no. I, I don't know. I I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I, it was actually one of the more enjoyable things that we've watched lately. But again, I think that was mostly because it was a great exercise to practice my language skills. Sure. <laughs> I did. So, I fast yeah. forwarded through a bunch. Like every time he was walking somewhere, I'm like, well, it's going to take him at least 60 seconds to get there. So I'll just skip, skip, skip until they start talking again. <laughs> That's funny. So, I, so you guys, you guys could have had the same experience. Just listen to Radio Canada for like a couple hours. No, <laughs> because that would be Canadian French. No, sorry. <laughs> if you want a cool French, like a Luc Besson film, like those are good action movies that are in French. Just watch one of those. I feel like they're true. Better. And actually, you know, if I'm gonna plug anything French, um, there's a a really funny TV show, a French TV show. I think it's on Netflix. It's called A Very Secret Service. Um, and it is very comical, very, um, yeah. So there we go. I'm, instead of recommending this movie, I'm going to recommend that some anyone interested in police and French should watch that. I, I don't recommend it. I just, if you want to get the same feeling of watching this movie, just try and stuff your friend into a dryer and you'll, <laughs> it'll be really funny and awkward. Just do that. Yeah. Just go upstairs and try to stuff three comforters in your dryer, yeah. Justin, and, and you get the same yeah. feel for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. This was just, that, I'll forget about this in about 10 minutes. And I, that'll be it. I couldn't even get gone. the name right. Okay. Well, that's, uh, all right, Restless. It's time to put Restless to bed. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, this is, wow. Okay, I'm looking at the number one. Uh, and I think if we could do it, we should do Vikings Valhalla, which is still number one in the TV series. Because, okay. Because I have a pal who's a Viking expert who I would love on the podcast, like an academic Viking expert, uh, and have her explain everything that's wrong with it. Because I love it when <laughs> big brain people come in and smack down stuff. So, so I like it. Yeah, we'll see if I can get her on. Uh, so everybody watch Vikings Valhalla. Uh, for next week and um and yeah uh that's it i mean if you have any questions or feedback or you want to submit a question where, where can question. folks where can folks uh send a voice message i think if you, if you go through anchor so i think if you go to why are people watching this.com it'll take you to the anchor site for the page and there's a voice message thing there 
which is cool. Yeah. Cool. So make yourself. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Tell us, tell it, us your thoughts. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, as long as they're nice. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that that voice message thing was part of that, but it's actually pretty cool. It was nice. Um, it was nice. So yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. It's great. To know that folks are out there listening, and um, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if anyone watched this movie when we told you to, to for this podcast because I, you know. <laughs> I guess you guys had fun, but I, I don't know what I had. I did laugh. Except, I laughed. Except for people who, who love a good French comedy. So there yeah, you go. Comedy, yeah. yeah. No, I, there you go. I don't feel so bad. Man, it was funny. Man, did I laugh when that sea can hit him. Gosh. Anyway. Heartless, Justin. It's so funny. Okay. Uh, everybody watch Vikings Valhalla, and we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you can do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. If you got a bit of extra cash to kick around and want to support the show financially, check us out on whyarepeoplewatchinglist.com. There's a link there to support the show. The music you hear during the show is written and produced by me and my very talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.